Well, happy Hope Day, everyone, and welcome back to Life Works Better with Coach Mel. And hostess Clarissa. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a great episode here today. We're still with Life Works Better with Story, and uh, we're really rocking and rolling here, um, kicking off the new year with Story. I'm excited about that. Yes. Yes, it's uh, people, uh, including our audience, always respond well to a good story. Love a good story. Yeah, storyteller. I mean, that's. And you learn so much. Yes. Yes. It's going to be good. And it's been kicking off. I have my Principio coffee here. And uh, I really have a nice blend today. Yes. The audience is behind you. That's right. They're sipping on their coffee too. Yes. Yeah, they are. Virtually. Because because they're they're able to bring their virtual coffee into the. Into the studio. Yeah. Right. To listen, yes, absolutely. I love it. And so what is this blend today, Coach? That is, I think Liz said that you are drinking um, pomegranate? a pomegranate, a cascara pomegranate mm-hmm. oat milk latte. Delicious. I love it. It's kind of like a creamsicle type thing. It's, yeah. it's very nice. And typically I don't like creamsicles. But I like that. It's a good, nice, uh, mild blend. So yes. big kudos to the uh, sponsors of Life Works Better here with Coach Mel, Principio Coffee and Tea. Yes, and, and go to the site, principiocoffee.com, mm-hmm. and, uh, and check out the new offerings. We have some great things there that are, um, that are not just delicious, but also very healthy. Mm-hmm. Delicious and nutritious. There you go. I'm a rapper, my previous life. (laughs) (laughs) But it's going to be good, and Valentine's Day is coming up next month. So those heart chocolates that uh, Liz does, I think she'll be back in the factory again for that. As a matter of fact, it is is just a month away. Yeah, lover's month. So, yes, get your your orders in. Please. Yes, principiocoffee.com. And uh, get your orders in, and and if you want to just ship it to – Someone else, then just let Liz know, and she'll take care of it. But get your orders in now, so that yeah. so that you'll that your sweetheart will have her chocolates. Yes, before Easter. Right, please. <laughs> before Easter, yes. So, Coach, what's going on today? We're um, talking about some uh, another great story that I'm excited about. Yes. We're, we're talking about the uh, Life Works Better with Story, mm-hmm. and we're talking, again, the story of the ecclesia, which is yes. what Jesus said he was going to build. Uh, you know, Jesus has never built a church. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, you, you, when you <clears throat> think about it, you're like, really? But you're right. Yeah, because Jesus did not use the word church when he said uh, when he told his disciples what he was going to build, he said he was going to build the ecclesia. Yes. And the interesting thing about it, Clarissa, again, is that um, ecclesia in the New Testament, which is mentioned over a hundred times, that term, hmm. it never refers to a building, never refers to real estate. It always refers to people, and it always refers to a group of people. You cannot have an ecclesia with only one person. Hmm. That's why Jesus said, where two or more are gathered in my name, I'm in the midst. So that's the ecclesia, where you have a group of people gathered and in his name, meaning with reference or with respect to his authority. Mm -hmm. Where two or more people are gathered 
with reference to his authority and basically what that means, two or more people are gathered together in submission to his authority, then he conveys to them his power of attorney Mm -hmm. so that they can do things in his name. Mm -hmm. Wow. And so it's with his authority. So it's um, just to say uh, as a formula in Jesus' name, be blessed in Jesus' name. Yeah. Uh, th- that's that's more organizational, but to be able to move in that recognized mm. authority from heaven, yes, is the organism. Mm. That's the ecclesia. And uh, another interesting thing uh, that uh, when we talk about ecclesia and church, and and uh, we can't get all this in one session, or we would do it all, but right. that's why we get bits and pieces as we're telling the story. Mm-hmm. Is uh, that the uh, the ecclesia always referring to people, and when Jesus said that he was going to build his ecclesia, he meant he was going to build and animate and empower people. Mm. And if Jesus would have had in mind church planting, like we consider church planting today, as it's grown into uh, into that, if he had been if he had been doing that and had that in mind then he would have started synagogues, which was the Jewish organization for the perpetuation of uh, all things Jewish. The the, the religious Jew went to the synagogue. And uh, because once the dispersion came, several centuries before Jesus' time, and the Jews were scattered out all over the, the Near and Middle East at the time, and they couldn't get back to the temple even after another temple was built. They, they met in groups and uh, went by the, the Greek word uh, synagogue, which simply meant uh, a, a gathering together of knowledge, a synagogue, a bringing together, a synthesis, synagogue, bringing people together. And it was an organization. But, you know, Jesus, uh, Jesus never invited anyone to go to the synagogue with him. He never told any of his disciples to go to the synagogue. He never told them to go out and build or start a synagogue, which was the organization. But he chose that term, ecclesia, which always referred to people. So when it said that he was going to build his church, that word uh, is, is literally the word to edify, to build up. And it, it's the different, we, use, we still use that same word, you edify someone. Right, right. And we don't usually think about, in English, we don't think about edifying a piece of property when we put a building on it. Well, why? Because edify has, it, 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 it has a, a, an organism context to it, mm-hmm. not an organization. We can build a building, but you, we, we say we build up a person, but we edify them. Uh, it means to make them stronger. Uh, to bring purpose to them, uh, not just bringing purpose to them, but let them release in, let them release their purpose. All that was what Jesus had in mind. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the uh, the very beginning difference between the ecclesia and the church. And again, the word church uh, means of the Lord. It was a a possessive noun, which meant of the Lord. And so uh, the Lord has people, and 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 then when 
the Lord's people got together and and decided that they wanted to build a building and dedicate it to the Lord, then that was the Lord's building, so that was the church. Mm-hmm. And so uh, ever since we've had that confusion in the English language of the translation of ecclesia as church, then we've had the confusion of, well, is the church the building or is the church the people? With ecclesia, you never have that issue. Ecclesia is always people. And so that's why we're wanting to emphasize the story of the ecclesia as opposed to the history of the church. The church has a history, but the ecclesia has a story. Wow. You you know, you mentioned something earlier about church planting. We've just got that all wrong. I would have to say amen to that. All wrong. I mean, truly, every Sunday, if we're doing it, every Sunday is church planting. Yeah. Because you have people coming to the church, and you're planting, you're you're planting churches inside of people. (laughs) Yes, you're you're because each each person is uh, a sanctuary. Yeah. (laughs) Each each person is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So. Uh, th- th- that brings a whole new meaning to uh, to even health. That's why Paul said, "said Hey, your your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit." Mm. And and the Jews, they uh, as as his audience was, uh, if they weren't Jewish, they were very familiar with Jewish ways and Jewish ideas. That's why he said that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, because no one would consider going in and 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 uh, desecrating a temple. But he said, hey, your body's the temple. Be careful what you put in it. Be careful what you allow to come out of it. Mm. <laughs> Get this thing cleaned up so that what comes out is going to bring honor and glory to this temple. And what makes it a temple and a sanctuary and makes it holy is that the Holy Spirit dwells within us. That was the whole new covenant idea. <laughs> I am just baffled. You know, this series has really been great for me. I'm an information buff, so I'm always absorbing information. Mm-hmm. And I remember a minister um, talking to me years ago and, and believed that God has called him to start a church. And uh, he was starting off really just doing Facebook things and that sort of thing, which I think was great um, because you're still reaching the people. It's about reaching the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get to a point where people are starting to say, hey, where is your church? I want to come to your church. And I have my little quotation fingers up. And then all of a sudden his thing was, well, I, I need to get a church. Okay, a building? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but is anyone saying that they want to come to your church? You know, it's not about the building that you're trying to purchase. It's about the people that you're trying to reach. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's why so many churches, as we know it, are failing. Mm-hmm. Because it's about your church, it's your building, it's your band, it's your all of these physical things, and your focus is not on the right thing. Although we need to be good stewards of what God has blessed us with, but it's not. That's not the focus. The focus is it's the people. Yes, absolutely, it's and that's what that's what Jesus had in mind. And it would be, uh, it would really be a surprise to any of the apostles. Uh, Peter and James and John, and including Paul, as he said, an apostle born out of time. It would really be a surprise to them to see this big building that looks like a temple named after them. Mm. <laughs> they would say, 
what what's this all about? Yeah. <laughs> what's this all about? So we got the story of the ecclesia, and so we're rocking along down through the centuries, and we've talked about several mm-hmm. uh, different things that happen. And so today we want to talk about an event uh, that happened in the history of the church and in the story of the ecclesia. And uh, Clarissa, this event is kind of like an elongated event. It covered a period of a couple of hundred years, so we're not just talking about one specific wow. act or date. Mm-hmm. And what we're talking about is uh, what's known as the Crusades. It's when there were uh, armies were raised in Europe, right, and especially Western Europe, and they were sent to the Holy Land to to free the Holy Land from uh, the influence of Islam and from Muslim uh, leaders. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, say whatever you'd want to about, about any of the religions of, of the world, any religion that's been around for uh, several centuries has gone through uh, a time of, of just being more of an organization than an organism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and uh, that's exactly what happened with the church. And uh, Islam, of course, when it first started out, it, uh, it got its, its first major uh, push towards expansion uh, by battle, by war. Mm. And it was like, okay, you, you, either, uh, you either change your, your belief or we'll take your life because we're, uh, we're, we're just that serious about it. Mm. And so they went into uh, the Holy Land and took over Jerusalem. Uh, and so by the time that message got to Western Europe, uh, it, it really, uh, it, it was, there was a rallying cry. Mm-hmm. And uh, the leader of the church, not the ecclesia, but the leader of the church at Rome, uh, we call him the Pope. He was called the Pope then. He, uh, he gave a, a great rousing speech in France when he was visiting there. And uh, he told uh, those people listening to him, many of them were uh, wealthy people, and they, uh, a culture had developed in the medieval Europe that produced the knights, you know, the knights in shining armor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and the knights were simply people that came along to protect uh, the, the moneyed people and the people with authority. So he convinced the money people to back and to equip an army led by the knights to go to Jerusalem and free the Holy Land from what they call the infidels, the unbelievers. And so to, uh, to kind of get, uh, get this going, uh, he made them two promises. And notice here again we're talking about the organization called the church, not the organism of the ecclesia. So he, he made them a promise. He said, oh, by the way, uh, any... Uh, uh, any riches, like any property or any wealth or any money or any possessions that you're able to take from someone who is not a, uh, a, 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 a dedicated member of the Church of Rome, then uh, that can be yours for the taking. And that can just be, it, it can become your property. And also, and then some said, yes, but that's dangerous if we're going to battle. So what happens if we get killed? He said, oh, that's no problem. If you get killed while you're going to free Jerusalem from these infidels, 
then you will have plenary forgiveness. That is, that if you become a martyr in this situation, then you, you don't have to worry about spending any time in purgatory or hell. It's like you, you've, you, you've done the martyr thing, and you're, you're welcomed right straight into paradise. Oh, okay, but now what about my family? Well, we're going to take some of the wealth that the organization called the church has. We're going to take some of that wealth, and we're going to take care of your family. So if you give your life, you've basically saved your soul. You've taken care of your family. And believe me, the church at Rome had more money than any particular individual. Wow. It really had more money than, than uh, probably all the individuals mm-hmm. <laughs> because the church of Rome owned land all over Europe. And so it was like a, uh, it, it was a greater assurance to have their family taken care of. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it was released in, uh, just before 1100, like 1094, 1097, is when the armies were released to go. Uh, for the most part, it was disastrous. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they traveled a long ways. They didn't have the right provision. Uh, the money ran out, so they were starving. And so they had the had to beg, borrow, steal, and kill just in order to stay alive. It was it was really a a, a bad situation. But uh, where the name comes from is that the bishop of the church at Rome said uh, to make sure that that we know who's on the right side, on your shield or on your helmet or somewhere on your armor. Uh, just put a cross, the sign of the cross, because it'd be like making the sign of the cross, basically giving protection. And if if your life is taken, then that sign of the cross there would protect your soul. And so the Latin word uh, for cross is crux, as it is in Spanish, cruz. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's the crusaders, the crusaders. Those that went, and where he tied this in with Scripture, mm-hmm. is Jesus said to pick up your cross daily, bear right, the right, cross. Right. And so he said you're fulfilling the command of Jesus because you're bearing the cross. You're taking, we're taking the cross with us. Clarissa, that, that's what happens when, when the emphasis moves way too far to the organizational yes. side and totally gets away from the organism. And uh, that, that was part of the, you know, the, the history of the church is, is simply uh, the combined uh, simultaneous mm-hmm. uh, occurrences of things within the organization called the church and the organism called the ecclesia. Right. And... Uh, so they, the, the armies went. There were several different, uh, it's kind of hard to tell exactly how many they were. Uh, there were many different organizations uh, of soldiers, crusaders that went. They were victorious, maybe uh, short term on, on just a couple of them. But by and large, they were a failure. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it totally changed things. It changed things in Europe. Uh, and it, it really was just a, uh, a stain on the organizational side known as the church. And uh, so really it just opens up a whole different section of uh, 
sector of discussion about this. What about war? Augustine said that there was a, a holy war, there was a just war that you could do. And of course, in our country, we say that if you fight defending your country, then then that's we don't call that murder or killing. We call that, you know, defending your country. And so uh, there, there's a lot of discussion about that. Of course, the people who, uh, for religious reasons, don't believe that you should ever take a life uh, of any kind, the pacifists we call them. And it is interesting that with our government that there, uh, we do have this, uh, this aspect in defending our country that's called a conscientious objector. That is, I object to taking someone's life just because of conscience sake. Right. And so they actually give them uh, opportunity to serve in the organization of the military, mm-hmm. uh, but they do auxiliary type, uh, like especially in uh, hospitals or right. uh uh, even even administrative care, so that they're never put on the front lines. And mm-hmm. so people have had a lot of uh, interaction about that. And uh, it doesn't surprise me that that some of the people that that really want to fight uh, fight against those who don't believe that they should fight. <laughs> <laughs> and so there were uh, all kind of war about mm-hmm. that. But of course, the biggest war that goes on ever in the world is the war that goes on the inside right. of each one of us. And the word of God says, why do you have wars and killings and all out there? He said, it's because you have some desires within you that you haven't settled. You have a battle raging within you. And you know, the, uh, the greatest peace to be won is the peace of heart. And so, so coach, let, let, let me ask you. Okay. Um, what do you say to those who have that war right now? And they want peace, but can't find it. Within their heart? You're talking about within them? Mm-hmm. Or even in their, their, their mind. Okay, okay. Uh, very good question, uh, Coach Clarissa. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Well, I will, uh, I'll quote the one that... I feel is the authority, should be the authority Mm -hmm. of everyone who claims his name uh, should also claim his authority and allow his authority at least some influence in their life. Um, He is called the Prince of Peace. Mm -hmm. And so if if we uh, were to truly have peace, then we're going to have to be acquainted with the Prince of Peace Mm. and to understand that that he's the only one uh, that has ever completely and totally defeated the enemy that comes to us within. And the battleground is called the will. And his will was what? It was totally surrendered to his father. And so in complete submission to to the greatest authority in the universe, he had, and we have, immediate peace. Mm. Only in submission to the one who is the greatest authority <laughs> and the one who can conquer and eventually will conquer mm. all enemies can we have peace. And this idea about peace, uh, there is a, there's this aspect of, uh, of theology. I really like this topic, and uh, we may do a... A uh, 
We just might. We, no, knowing us, we probably will. <laughs> <laughs> of of what I what I call prepositional mm-hmm. theology, mm-hmm. and that is the beliefs that we that we have and the teachings, the instruction that we have in the scriptures, that's that hinges on a preposition. So, for example, this thing about peace. The Bible talks about peace with God, the preposition, and it also talks about the peace of God, a different preposition. Mm-hmm. And they're, two, they're realized in two different ways. And so before we can experience the peace of God, we have to experience peace with God. <laughs> and so peace with God is when we surrender, just like peace with anyone, total surrender, then there's peace. A lack of conflict, but it's more than a lack of conflict. It's a, there's a relationship there, mm-hmm. and uh, there's just uh, there's something that's that's planted there that that tills that spiritual soil. There's something about submission of my spirit and my will to Him through Jesus, with reference to the authority of Jesus, so that I have peace with God. Romans chapter five. And then as I have that peace with God, that grows to become a peace of God in Philippians chapter 4 that Paul talks about. Mm -hmm. Having that peace of God that surpasses all understanding. So Paul already right there said, forget it, you're never going to understand it. And that's that's one of the things that uh, that really got my attention, Clarissa, in the battle, in the crusade, Mm -hmm. (laughs) in my own life. Is I was wanting I was wanting peace of God, but I wanted to understand it, mm. and I was wanting to have more experiences with God, but I wanted to understand them. And I read that verse one day, and it was like, okay, if I limit my experience with peace and God to what I can understand, then I'm shutting out the greatest depths of that mm. peace. Wow! Because Paul right there said, the peace of God mm. that surpasses all. Oh. Understanding. understanding yes so trying if, if you got to figure it out mm. it, it it takes god to figure out the depth of peace that he wants to give me it wow. takes me to experience that peace of god that he wants to give me you know i have a transparent moment you know i have those moments sometimes yeah. on the show yeah. um and i think i mentioned to you kind of going into this new year is a little different just with some things just dealing personally and um Usually I have a handle on how I go into the new year. Mm-hmm. I know exactly how I'm going to do it. I have yeah. my goals written. I have certain things in place. And, Coach, that just didn't happen this year. Mm. And beyond my control, it just did not happen this year. And I kind of stepped into the new year a little unraveled, if you will. And so that question was a loaded question because it had something to do with me, too. Uh, just in a tug of war, like, oh, like, I don't like this feeling. But I think I was trying to get understanding mm-hmm. of why I stepped into this new year so different than what I've ever stepped into the years before. Well, now there's this tug of war here of trying to get understanding. But the unrest is, it's beyond my understanding. So I have to yield. Mm-hmm. I got to yield. Throw my hands up, I give. <laughs> I give. Yes. And I believe that's where the peace will come in. Yes. I believe that's where the peace will come in. I um 
I'm more of a guarded, a guarded, yeah, but just I, I like to control the result of a thing, mm-hmm. which means, you know, you have control issues. Yeah. I mean, it just sounds better when you say the control of a thing. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, I, I'm, I'm excited about this year because it's so different. It's so different just out the blocks for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited about understanding ministry better through how life works better with story, understanding the ecclesia, understanding between the organization versus the organism. Mm-hmm. And because I'm a, I've been a licensed minister for over 20 years, and um, when you're trained to do ministry under the leadership of who's, who's licensed you or ordained you, you pick up their men- mythology of how things are done. Mm-hmm. And so I'm so interested in not doing church as usual. I'm so interested in, you know, being that person that can plant a church inside of a person Mm -hmm. that can take the ecclesia, be a conduit that God can use. And, and I believe that we all should be that way. Some of us are not licensed or ordained, but we're still carriers of the gospel. The the call is still there. Mm -hmm. It's just how we initiate it and how we carry the ecclesia. Okay, an interesting point there right now is that uh, ordination, as you spoke of it, as from an organization, mm-hmm. ordination uh, is is uh, can be seen as uh, part of an organization. So it's like what organization ordained you, mm-hmm. but there's also the ordination of the ecclesia. And Jesus told his disciples, he said, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and I have ordained you that you should what? That you should go and bear fruit. So the only way that we can go bear fruit is to be ordained. But we ordained as an organism. We are ordered, ordained. We are ordered, now not ordered as in just a command or give someone an order, but but ordered in that uh, we are prepared and he ordained us. He has prepared us. Mm-hmm. And Clarissa, it's interesting, uh, word nerd alert, in that verse in John where Jesus said, uh, I've ordained you, it, it's the word that was used for setting places at a table. Mm-hmm. You, you, they use that same word to ordain a table to get ready for a meal. And he said, I am setting you out to be a place of service for people who are hungry. That's what they would have had in mind because that's the word that he used. And we have so organized ordination that we forgot the life that comes with the organism of being set out to serve those people who are hungry and thirsty. And the Crusades, they went as an organization to try to accomplish in the power of the flesh what could only be accomplished in the power of the spirit so i want to challenge our listeners with this with this episode today uh just what what is your crusade for this year what what is your calling what is your ordination and let's do it not the way it was done from 1100 to 1300 but let's do it the way that the ecclesia has done it all along, and that is to win that battle on the inside 
and then to go out as a crusader marked with the true humility and servanthood of Jesus and take the cross everywhere that people need help and healing. Well, our very first mic drop for the year. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. This was powerful today. It's always powerful. But just so, such an eye-opener. And I really believe that our younger people, Coach, will delight in that type of ordination. Yes. Because they're, they're hungry, and they seek those who are hungry. Yes. Yes. Wow. And, yes, amen. Oh, I'm just going to end this podcast and take a lap around the studio. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, again, share this podcast. Get that link and, and share it in, in, and text someone. Text someone this link because this is life-changing. It's giving us information that we need in order to be in the right place of the organism. Yes. How about that. All right. We'll see you back here next week. <laughs>